going to be our sermon series for the next uh, six weeks, Abide. And, um, but I feel like I need to give you a little refresher, right? Because we started the book of John. How long ago was that? That was like 2019, January? I don't know. No, it was 2000. When was that? It was a long time ago. And we went through verse by verse, chapter by chapter, all of John, and we skipped. Do you guys remember this slide? Let's, let's, uh, let's go to follow me. Do you guys remember this? This is our theme for a whole year. Follow me, okay? And it comes from the verse John 10, 27. When I was studying John, on my uh, time away in the summer, when I was studying John, I was like this verse, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Have you heard the voice of God? You're like, my sheep hear my voice. It just, that troubles me a little bit. It's like, hold on, what do you sound like, God? I want to hear from you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. And so we had this theme, follow me, and... um, where is it? Right here. You follow me from John 21, 22. Remember, Peter's like, hey, what about this? What about that guy? What about? Jesus looks at him. You follow me, Peter. And uh, I feel like God's saying that to us. And then the theme of the book was this over here, that you may believe. You may believe. Right? So where does that theme come from? Let's go. Let's be Bible students. Okay, go to John chapter 20. Because you need to know this. Like, if you don't know this already, you need to know this. John chapter 20 and verse 30. John 20, verse 30. If you're there, say you're there. Are you there online? I mean, you're joining us online, right? So I kind of cut you out of announcements and out of the host moments. Sorry about that. I forgot you were even tuning in and and just kind of got lost in that. But now if you're online with us, uh, we're in John chapter 20. We're kind of getting back into the book of John. Um, Verse 30. John 20, verse 30. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe, that's the theme, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life, that's eternal life, in his name. John, I've grown to love the book of John. John, The book of John is so rich. And we cut out chapters 15 and 16 because we were trying to get to Easter on time, right? We cut those two out, and, and there's another reason we did it. We did it because it was like, hey, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he's saying, here's what you're gonna do after I'm gone, all right? And after I raise from the dead, here's what you're gonna do. So Um, I want to get back to John chapter 15. So open your Bible to John chapter 15. I feel like, again, you don't just rip open the Bible and just start preaching. I feel like i got to give you a little intro. So follow me was our theme. The key verse was John 10, 27. I kind of said that to you guys. And um, the book of John kind of goes in these stages. Come and see. Jesus said to the first disciples, he's like, come and see. Just come check it out. And then he's like, believe in me. And they did. And then he was like, follow me. 
okay? And so believing is good, but following is better. And so that's what we're going to get to in John chapter 15. He's like, follow me. John was written after the other Gospels. It was written in AD 85. In Ephesus, the author, um, well, it's easy for me to say it's John because it's John, but you got to really do some work. And honestly, when it comes down to it, it's based on tradition. It's based on, you know, Peter and John are together a lot. The guy doesn't ever say his name, but we think Peter and John ran to the tomb and blah, blah. You know, it's like, okay. So we'll say John with a lot of confidence, but uh, we'll go 99.9% sure. How about that? And then this. The purpose of the book, I already gave it to you from John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31, that we may believe and have life in Jesus' name. And then here's just a little overview. Chapters 1 through 12. Okay, you like your Bible? How many chapters in John? Somebody tell me. Couldn't hear with the masks. It was like... How many chapters in John? 21. All right, there you go. Somebody worked up the nerve. All right, so 21 chapters in John. The first 12 chapters, 1 through 12, is Jesus' public ministry. This is Jesus to the crowds, okay? And his disciples are experiencing it. And it took years, three years, okay? Chapters 13 through 17 that's what we're in right now. Remember, it starts with Jesus in the upper room washing their feet. And then he tells them, I'm going away and they're troubled. And then he says, hey, let's leave here. Leave the upper room. Where are they going to go? They're going to the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And so I've always said, you know what? Jesus is just teaching his disciples in chapter 15 and 16 as he walks along the way. And he's just teaching them. You know, but with this illustration right here, I wonder if this didn't happen in a garden. Chapter 15. I don't know. I wasn't there, but it makes sense that this happened in a garden. So chapters 13 through 17 is the private discipleship of Jesus' closest disciples, and it took hours. Not years, not weeks, not days. Hours. If you want to study some of the best hours of the disciples' lives, some of the best hours of Jesus' life, study John 13 through 17. As a matter of fact, here's your, here's your homework assignment. Everybody likes a homework assignment? Read John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 this week. Five days. Read it. It's priceless. And then you have John 18 through 21. It's the arrest, the trial, the crucifixion, the resurrection. And that took what? Weeks, we'll say. We'll say weeks, okay? Took three days before he rose. But then he's going to like see them a couple times, you know? Let's just say it took weeks. A couple weeks, maybe. Not more than seven. Not more than, hold on, five, we'll say. All right? Get to that 40 number. Today, though, we're going to go for abide in me, all right? So abide. When you think of abide, you think of a vine. This is kind of like a vine. It's a stick. Okay, 
So you think of wood, you think of a stick, you think of this doesn't look that healthy, but a vine should be healthy. Anybody uh, arborist? How about online? Nobody in the room is an arborist. Anybody an arborist? How about a gardener? We have a gardener? Hobby gardener? Right? So here's the thing. We got a couple hobby, hobby gardeners. Okay, so here's the thing. It's hard for me to understand plant life and gardening. Right? I kind of get the concept, but the illustration, I think, gets lost on us. I think, uh, anybody an electrician? You're like, what? Well, I know how to plug in this. <laughs> I'm not an electrician, but I know how to plug in this. Okay, this goes in the wall. Not my finger. This goes in the wall, right? And then what happens when it goes in the wall? I can get power from this end, right? But what happens if this is like cut or broken? I should have brought a pair of scissors, eh? Cut or broken. I don't want to ruin it. It's a nice cord, you know? But, you know, okay, well, let's just plug it in. Here we go. Let's plug it in. We'll just plug it into this right here. Here we go. We got it plugged in. It's working now, right? I'm an electrician. It ain't working because it only, de it depends on the power source, right? And so that's really what we're going after when we talk about abide. We're talking about, so this, this is the illustration right here. Like all that, you're like, dude, I'm not an electrician. I don't know. Where does power come from? Some power box, some line, some, ooh. where does it come from? I don't know. All right. Here's the deal. How about this? Everybody got a phone, right? Okay, you'll get this. Try using your phone all week. Never plug it in. You're going to hope you have an iPhone 12 because you can last a few days with that. But you got an iPhone 7 like my kids have? It ain't happening. It ain't going past today. That's the best way I can quickly describe what he's talking about. You've got to plug in. You've got to recharge. You've got to be aligned with Jesus Christ or it's not going well for you. And the word we use for that is abide. And that's our series, abide, okay? Abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus is the title of the message today. So I've belabored it long enough. It's always nice and, and takes a while to set up a series to come back to a year theme that we never finished. And now to get into a message. Let me pray that this word right here, these few verses will just come alive to us today and revolutionize our lives. Do you believe that the word of God can do that? Because I do. Otherwise I'd stop preaching. I believe that these verses right here tonight that we're going to study could change your life forever. Let's pray that they do. Father God, we quiet ourselves before you. We ask your spirit to come. We thank you for creation and how you created us. We thank you for the end, revelation, and how you're coming back for us. The spirit and the bride say, come. Even so, Lord, come. And as we wait, we don't wait as those who have no hope. We don't wait as those who have no direction. 
we wait with a mission, with a purpose. We wait knowing the plan that you have set forth and the purpose for our life and why we are here and what we are to do and how we are to do it is so wrapped up in this passage that we are awake. We are, we are listening. We're attentive. We're, please teach us, Holy Spirit, right now, the words of Jesus and radically change our lives. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray it. Amen. Amen. All right. John chapter 15, verse 1. Let me just read it. I am the true vine. Who's speaking? You have a red letter Bible? Yeah, so it's, it's red, so it's Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Who has the word gardener in their Bible? NIVers? Yeah, you got the word NLTers? You got the word gardener. That makes a lot more sense to me. I don't know what a vine dresser is exactly, but I get what a gardener is. Okay, so, you know, in that day and age, they got what a vine dresser was. But for us, we need a little help. Every branch in me, key in me, Jesus, that does not bear fruit, he, the Father, takes away. The gardener takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he, the gardener, God the Father, prunes that it may bear more fruit. Then he gives us a little parenthesis. Already you are clean. Because of the word that I have spoken to you. Now, just remember the same night in the same hours, he had talked about cleaning people with washing feet, right? So they weren't like, oh, what is he talking about? But when we look at it, we're like, why did he say that? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. That doesn't have anything to do with it. Abide in me. The key three words, circle those. Abide in me. And I in you, as a branch, a stick, cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. In me. In me. I am the vine. This is the last of Jesus' I am statements. He's said I am seven times. This is the seventh. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. It's like he's just leveling up. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I thought Logan's exhortation to us there was great. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I can't do anything this year apart from Jesus, apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, apart from God's power in me. If anyone does not abide in me, so it's an option, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. That's purifying. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, so conditional, yeah, if that's true, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove, there's evidence, to be my disciples. 
As the Father has loved me, so I have, I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. All right. This is an illustration. Jesus hours with his disciples and he comes to the garden and he's trying to get across his point. I need you to be like this. And he's like, hey, 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 guys, guys. <laughs> Here you go. Let me talk to you about this. And he says, I am the vine, the true vine. Because do you know there's some false vines? And my, my dad, who I'm going to see, the father, and soon to be your father, right? Because of my death. He, he, he's the gardener. He tends to the vine. He makes sure it's healthy. He prunes it when he needs to. He takes away what he needs to. He's going to make sure this vine is healthy. And you, by the way, disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of the one true God, you are the branches connected to the vine, parts of Jesus, partakers with Jesus, partners with Jesus, connected. The Bible has so much to say about being grafted in. Could you imagine the miracle it would be if I took this and cut a notch in a tree and shoved it in there and this started to grow life? Can you imagine? You're like, that, that's not possible. That's dead as a doornail. That's what Jesus did with you. He took this right here, this stick, and he like cut himself and he put you in to his family and you started to be green and you started to bear fruit. You started to come alive. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. So when he says, hey guys, listen up, I got, I got a story for you. Let me tell you the illustration. I, I, like, I get so excited. I'm like, Jesus gives his disciples an illustration, a story. And in a story, there's players. You can call them participants if you want, but I'm a theater guy. There's players, right? They play a role, right? And then there's a point, okay? We're going to make a point with this story. And then there's your needing to know your part, okay? So that's the outline today. First, the players. Let me, let me, I mean, it's pretty easy. It's not hard. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to get it. First, I am the true vine. Who's speaking? Jesus. So Jesus is the true vine. And my father, not a mystery, God the father is the gardener. And then he comes back with, you're the, what does he call us? The branches. He starts with every branch in me. He doesn't say it's us. But then he goes down, right, to verse 5. Look at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Who's you? The disciples. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, 
If you're clean, right? Remember he said that. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. If you're clean, if you're saved, if today you only needed to wash your feet because you'd sinned again, then you're a branch. You're a branch. You're a part of the tree. Let's just call it the tree of life. You're a part of Jesus' tree, and he is the tree of life. All right. Now, here's the problem with vines. Here's the problem with trees. Why does he say true vine? Why, does Jesus, why doesn't Jesus say, I'm the vine? Father's the gardener, you're the branches. Why does he say, I'm the true vine? Why? Because he knows his disciples will find false vines. Right? So let me give you quick six false vines that we tend to try to be grafted into, that we try to plug into instead of the true vine, right? And so if this is convicting, that's okay. It's convicting for me. If this helps you kind of make a course correction and get with the true vine versus the false vine, that's great. Praise the Lord. That's why I did it. Here it is, okay? Six false vines. Here's the first one, my money. My money. The more I have, the happier I am, or the happier I'll be. If I only had a little bit more, I could do whatever. It's something I put my hope, my faith, my trust in. And God knew that. He said, you can't serve God in money. You got to pick. You can serve God with your money. That you can do. How about this? My health. I think all of us have maybe been aware of our health more this year than we have in a long time. The word pandemic kind of brings health to mind. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to die. I like my health. I want to be healthy. If I could lose a few pounds, I'd be happy. Uh, January 1st. How many of you? Come on now. How many of you? I'm with you. I was right there. I was like, I got to lose a few pounds this year. Nobody's raising their hand. If you're raising your hand online, at least you're honest. All right. And then this, my success. That's a vine. I used to love being successful at work. I used to like celebrate it. I used to, you know, I think even moms, right, that are raising their kids, they're like, dude, I just want my kids to turn out. If they could turn out, I'd be a success. And you could put your hope and your faith and your trust in that. If my kid turns out, Lauren, you're doing great. So, so the, you guys, just, you did awesome, right? Fourth one, my relationships. My family, my friends, time with them, having fun together. Some of us, you know, we'd rather do that than go to church. We'd rather do that than read the scriptures. And, you know, I've been there. But the true vine is Jesus. And abiding in Him is so much more important than even family and friends. That, that was hard to say. I'm sure it was hard to hear. Whew. Number five, 
My pleasure. We are so good at pleasing ourselves. Whatever makes me feel good at the time, video games, TVs, movies, food, drink, drugs, sex, alcohol. What'll make me feel good? What'll make this pain go away? My pleasure can be a vine that I run to. As I said that, God brought to mind red vines. It could be a red vine. He said, I got a big tub of them for Christmas that I need to get through so I can start my diet. Okay. Is that how it works? I got to eat these really quick, like gopher style. <laughs> so that I can start my diet. Do you, do you know there's no nutritional value in a red vine? It is completely, there's nothing in it that is good. Just read the, don't read the back. You'll never eat one again. All right, this last one, my future plans. As I head into 2021, as I head into 2021, the future. Everybody wants to know what the future is. Kimberly and I talk, what's the future? Future can be a real vine. If I only knew where I was going to college, Noah's thinking. If I only knew where I was going to get a job. If I only knew you know, this or that, or the, if, if I only knew, and in doing that, if I only knew, you're not abiding. You're putting your hope in your future. When I get married, it will be, when, it, when I have kids, it will be, when I, my future plans, looking ahead rather than just abiding in Jesus now. Don't you think he has your future plans taken care of? I think he does. I think he knew before you were born what was tomorrow was going to hold. That's how big our God is. Praise the Lord. Why do I have to lose a second of sleep for that? And yet I do. Because I put my faith, my trust, my hope in wrong vines. All right. Back to it now. We've got the players down. And Jesus is the true vine. Don't get into any false vines. What's the point? Okay, well, before we get to the point, let me ask this question. Do you know and accept your role in this story? Do you know what your role is? Do you accept that role? I'm not the vine. I'm not the gardener. I don't get to trim Adam up because I don't like what he looks like. That's, that's God's job, right? I don't get to say this or that about someone else. Not my place. That's God's work. I'm a stick. Remember I'm a stick. Remember that Jesus cut himself, shafted you in there. You became green with life, right? And started to bear fruit. That's your role. That's my role. You got to accept that role. If you don't accept that role, you're just a stick. All right. The point. What's the point of this story? Just go ahead. This, this story is kind of confusing. It can get really confusing because it's so redundant. Uh, how many times? Let's see. 
Fruit is in there six times. I, my, me is in there 17 times. Branch is in there six times. Vine is in there four times. Abide is in there seven times. Like it's, I don't know. What's the main point? You go, well, the title of the message is abide. It must be abide. Look again. What's the point? What is he saying? Bear fruit. That's it. Now, the problem with that is if you grew up in church, then you try to go do stuff so you look like you're fruitful. The point is to bear fruit, yes. But that's not what you should be focused on. You don't focus on bearing fruit. You focus on abiding. But the point of the story is that you will bear fruit. So the point is, bear fruit. But he just doesn't leave it alone. What does he say? Bear more fruit. See, you're going to bear fruit. And if you're a good stick, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to prune you. And if you like decide you don't want to bear fruit at all, I'll throw you away. Doesn't matter to me. Your choice. And you go, well, that sounds like my salvation is not eternally secure. I mean, like, what are you preaching, man? I mean, look back at John 10, 27, your key verse. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And then verse 28 says, I hold them in my hand. And verse 29 says, and my father holds them in his. And the word there is no one can snatch them out of my hand. God's saying nobody can take you from me. God's not saying you can't be dead. You could choose to not read. You could choose to not grow. You could choose to not abide. That's not somebody taking it from you. Nobody can take your salvation from you. You can decide, I don't want to live it today. How many days has that happened? I don't know. I kind of want to do my own thing today. And then you repent and you come back to God and you go, no, I don't. That didn't work out very well. I want to do it your way. You guys are all looking like me. That doesn't happen in your life. Does that happen in your life? Because that happens in my life like weekly. Not today. I think I got a plan. This will be a good one. And then tomorrow I'm like, that was not a good plan. My wife doesn't like me. My kids hate me. I ate too much. I'm glad I wasn't around anybody else because they would think I was a dork too. That's normal. We're human. And then we do what we're supposed to do. We abide. We come back to the vine. We plug in and we start to get green, and we start to grow, and the point is that we'll bear fruit. And if he needs to prune us, he'll prune us. But please don't throw it away. Don't throw this away. You have a gift. All right, now, bear more fruit, and then he says this, bear much fruit in verse 5. That's the point. All right, let me get to the end of it. I got to be done. Here's the next thing. My part. My part. So what's your part? What's my part in this? I just wrote this down. Abide in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. You go, where'd you get the Holy Spirit? Anybody wondering that? So Steve, like you say Holy Spirit. You're kind of on a Holy Spirit kick. 
But I don't see Holy Spirit anywhere in, in the whole illustration. Yep, you're right. Didn't say it. God is three in one. And this illustration is sandwiched by, I'm sending you another comforter, the Holy Spirit, and there's going to be a Holy Spirit that's going to come. He's going to teach you and He's going to guide you. So this is sandwiched between chapters 14 and 16, which are basically the most and best teaching on the Holy Spirit in all of the Scriptures. Never mind the fact that the Bible starts with the Holy Spirit in the second verse of Genesis, and it ends with the Holy Spirit in the last, we'll say, eight verses of Revelation. So, the only way we're going to abide in Jesus is through this dwell indwelling, filling, baptizing, like immersing, like John 7, if you just turn back, John 7. I think I've proved my point, but just, just to make sure. On the last day of the feast, 737, John 737, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, remember, come to me, come and see, believe in me, then follow me. As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It's going to flow out of you. And you're like, well, that doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit either. Okay, verse 38. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive for the for as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified has Jesus been glorified church has Jesus been glorified yes he has has the spirit been given yes he has the question isn't has he been given the question is have you received right and are you going to yield to him and be full of him that's the question so these are these are good things. So Jesus, okay, abide in Jesus. That's my part through the Holy Spirit. How to abide. You see it in the passage. He says it. How to abide. The Holy Spirit reminds me of the words of Jesus and the love of Jesus. The Holy Spirit reminds me of the words of Jesus and the love of Jesus. Again, I can't go all over the Bible, but you can just go read chapter 14 and 16. I asked you to do that anyway, right? And it says, the Spirit, when I'm gone, the Spirit will remind you, He'll remind you my words, what I've spoken to you. He'll remind you what I did, what I said, how to act. And so how to abide through the Holy Spirit? The Spirit will remind you of Jesus' words so you can do them. And the Spirit will remind you of the love of Christ so you can show it, so you can live it. All right, this last thing. The results. The results of abiding. The results of abiding. What are the results? I get to choose whether I do it or not. Didn't he say that? He said, abide in me. He it's an invitation to the disciples. Come abide in me. It's a good place. Come plug in here. I'm Jesus. What's the result? How? Through his words, through his love. But what's the result? Should I do it? Should I not? I don't know. We're kind of results-driven, aren't we? <laughs> well, tell me what it's going to be like, and maybe I'll do it. All right, well, this is what it's going to be like. 
Here, here it is. Abiding bears fruit. That's what it does. If you see anyone bearing fruit, you know they're abiding. I'll tell you if somebody's abiding by showing you their fruit. <laughs> abiding bears fruit. This result. Abiding breeds confidence. Like, where do you get that? Abiding breeds confidence. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's a pretty confident statement. How about the fact that Jesus said up up top in verse 3, already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. They weren't clean yet, were they? He hadn't died yet. But he knows it's as good as done. How could they be saved? How they, they couldn't be. But he knows it's as good as done. The confidence of Jesus and the confidence of the disciples. The disciples were threatened with death. What did they say? No, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? They're like, hey, whether I should serve God or man, you maybe check in with God on that, right? These guys were bold and confident. Abiding breeds confidence. Not pride. I didn't say pride. It breeds confidence. When you share your faith and somebody accepts Christ, aren't you more likely to share your faith again? Yes. When you pray in the Spirit and God does amazing things, He edifies you and so on and so forth, doesn't that make you want to pray more? Yes, it does. It breeds confidence. When God answers your prayer, don't you want to pray more? I do. It just it breeds confidence. And abiding brings joy. Look at the very end there. Verse 11. He says, these things I have spoken. That my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. It brings joy. Abiding brings joy. So, ask yourself this question. What am I abiding in? Am I abiding in the... In the... Word of God, the love of God? Am I abiding in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit? Or am I abiding in something else? Am I trying something else to bring my happiness and bring my pleasure and bring my whatever it is? Here's the thing, last thing. Not abiding burns me. You see it? Look at verse 7. Verse 7, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. How many times have you gone throughout a day not abiding in Christ, doing something else, maybe a false vine, right? Only to get burned. How many times? I've done it. It's like, oh, I'll try this. Burned. I'll try this. Burned. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Hopefully this illustration, this story will help you to abide in Jesus Christ. Here's the question I want to end with. Am I saved, first of all? And am I growing stronger in the Lord? That's a two-part question. Am I saved? Like, well, I think so. Well, I hope so. Well, I want to be. Well, that's a good start. I want to be too. <laughs> what are the ABCs of salvation? Can we just go over them quickly? ABCs of salvation. Accept, right? 
Isn't that it? That's the first one, except we got them for you. Except that my sin separates me from God. B, believe, right? Believe. Believe that Jesus paid the price for my sin. And he rose again in victory over death, right? And then C, confess, right? Confess my need to be forgiven by God. Confess Jesus, Lord. That gets into the second. What I see in this passage isn't the ABCs of salvation. I see in this passage the ABCs of sanctification, of living in Christ. And the first one is abide, right? Abiding in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. The second one is, let him put it up, bear fruit. Bear fruit as a result of God's work in your life. Because apart from him, you can do nothing. And then the last one, confidently follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Somebody called me yesterday. I was at my brother's house for Christmas in the cities. And somebody called me. We just arrived. It was a number I knew. Somebody I hadn't heard from in a while. Somebody that's on my prayer team. And I said, hey, do you have a second? And he's like, yeah, sure. Went to a room. Said, I feel like God said, God just asked me to call and pray for you. I was like, thank you. Please pray. And he prayed. And I prayed. And you know what the sweetest part about that was? Not that somebody called and prayed over me, but that somebody follows the Holy Spirit. That's, what, that's the sweetest thing, is when God says, go, you do it. That's abiding. That's what it is. Abiding is listen, do. Listen, do. Listen, do. Okay? So, are you saved? ABCs. <laughs> and are you growing stronger? ABCs of sanctification. All right, I've given you a lot of content. You should be a Bible fathead by now. I mean, give me gravy. But I don't get to preach John 15 again for like ever. I've already preached it twice at this church. I never get to preach it at this church again, I swear. Like it's, 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 I don't think I get to do it again. I don't think the elders will let me. I love you. This is a great passage. This is a passage you need to spend some time in. And I'm telling you, the target, okay, that, that, that point of this whole thing is that you'll bear fruit. And um, by your fruit, Bearing fruit and keeping with repentance by your fruits, you'll know them. So could you just do a little inventory of your fruit right now? Last year wasn't a very fruitful year for me, I feel like. I'm trying to inventory that, kind of try to do a little checking and going, oh, hold on. I need to return to the Lord. Jesus says, return to me, and I will return to you. Let's abide in him this year. All right? All right, let me pray. God, our Father, we love you. And uh, we, we thank you for 
this passage of scripture, how beautiful it is, how precious it is, how how picturesque it is. It's just such a vivid picture of staying connected to you in order to do the things that you've planned for us and called us to and prepared us to do. God, we love you. We just want to say yes to you right now. Honestly, that's all my heart is right now. Right now, just that those watching online would say, yes, I will. And that we here in this auditorium would say, yes, I will. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to abide in him. If this year is better than 2020, if this year is worse, I will follow Jesus. God, I pray that that will be the anthem of our heart leaving this place. Abide in me and I in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We love you back, God. Thanks for being so clear with us. We abide in you now. In Jesus' name, amen.